Good evening, brothers and sisters. How are you on today? Okay. So, uh, uh, this is working better. So, uh, this is courtesy of Lily, uh, the notebook. Uh, hopefully, it will work better. <coughs> so, we have managed to complete the first two chapters. So, we are now on to chapter three. The Chinese translation for chapter three is Shou Chi Puti Xing. Shou Chi Puti Xing. The English uh, tr- translation is commitment. Commitment to the Bodhisattva path, commitment to cultivating the uh, Bodhisattva, uh, the Bodhicitta. So, <coughs> yeah. Okay, let me see. Testing. Okay. So, uh, in the first two chapters, we've gone through many things. Uh, the qualities of uh, bodhicitta, the various types of bodhicitta. And then in the previous chapter, we went through the perils of samsara. Uh, We went through the verses covering (coughs) uh, repentance, covering uh, the, in contrast to the Ivan Hosam deeds, (coughs) how the Dharma, the Tripajam, Bodhicitta itself is a is a source of refuge. It's a real source of refuge. Yeah. Uh, <coughs> so from there, we look at chapter three. So it's putting. This le, if it's in the, uh, if it's uh, the earlier translation, then we may pronounce it as yue. May also pronounce it as yue or yao. <coughs> my my teacher used to pronounce uh, this le as yao. Yeah. So well, the earlier tran- the uh, earlier pronunciation. Uh, if you use the earlier pronunciation, then uh, it will make a lot of sense why uh, 
the traditional writing for medicine has a Cao Zi Tou and uh, basically this Le below. Yeah. <coughs> but this is a side note for for us. So this part uh, to rejoice in the uh, in the in the good wholesome deeds of sentient beings. Yeah. Uh, Sui uh, <coughs> in the in the Samantha Badras Samantha Badras uh, practices yeah, ten practices of a Bodhisattva uh, in in the text uh, it highlights that uh, the rejoicing of uh, the wholesome deeds of sentient beings. <coughs> so here it says, uh, "Sing le is sing, right? Yeah, sing le er sui si. Yeah, to be happy and to rejoice. Yeah, uh, 一切重有情, yeah. 西苦诸善行, those wholesome deeds that can put an end to suffering." and including all those meritorious deeds that can bring about uh, happiness <coughs> to rejoice in that uh, in our <coughs> in our pursuit for happiness uh, we can be quite successful but in the process uh, sometimes, sometimes we may encounter people, or sometimes we ourselves uh, may encounter this problem. Yeah, what problem? The problem of not being able to be happy when we see others succeeding. Yeah. Uh, in other words, having jealousy, mm, having jealousy. Uh, a person may try very hard to pursue success in their life uh, and if you try hard enough given the right conditions you can be successful uh, even if a person is not extremely successful you can <coughs> at least have some results now the trouble is if a person were to <coughs> uh, were to then compare their own success their own achievements with others and through that comparison, uh, bring about uh, dissatisfaction. Yeah. Uh, why is it that I only have a four-room flat? <laughs> My friends have five-room flat. Or the person may have a five-room flat and then compare with someone who is in an executive mansion. Or he may have executive mansion and he compare with someone who has a condo. Or he has a condo and he compares with someone who has a landed property. Or he has a landed property and he compares upwards, on and on, forever, no, non-stop. Yeah. So, in terms of possessions, uh, if a person 
cannot rejoice in other people's achievements, then uh, it may not be easy to really, uh, really appreciate what we have. Yeah. But here, <coughs> here it's not just about that. Here is uh, the first part focuses on the wholesome deeds, wholesome practices that can lead to end of suffering. Yeah, the wholesome practices that can uh, lead to uh, end of suffering. Mm. Uh, one may think, well, what is there not to rejoice in? Yeah, what is there not to rejoice in? Uh, in the uh, Huayanjing, in the Pusian Pusa, uh, this Sui Si is not simply saying uh, being happy for the person. Yeah. Sui Si actually means you, if let's say you hear someone uh, observe the five precepts, you you also delight in the five precepts. It's not just say, wow, oh, you are very good, you observe five precepts, uh, but I don't observe. <laughs> Sui Si means you you acknowledge that that is good and you also try to observe the five precepts to also go to the point of saying yeah i want to uphold this also so when you when you hear of someone taking five precepts ah you delight in it to the point where you say yeah that's worthy and so i shall undertake that practice also you hear of someone <coughs> who do charity, who is filial to their parents, then you consider, ah, in what other ways can I be filial and service, and be of service to my parents? You hear of someone who undertakes uh, uh, extreme stress and challenges uh, in the practice of the six parameters under uh, the, the uh, four barons, uh, you, you also uh, consider, huh? Oh, that is so. Uh, that is so worthy of this person. Yeah, let me emulate that also. Yeah, all the way up to when you hear someone say, "Oh, he wants to go for uh, uh, meditation class." <laughs> you also rejoice in it. Not just, "Oh, good, good. You, you, you do it. I don't do it." <laughs> uh, but, hey, let me also partake in this. Yeah. Uh, now, if you consider this way, see in this way then it makes a lot more sense. Not simply just as a bystander, oh, clap, huh? Yeah, but to to rejoice in it to the point where you aspire to undertake it yourself. So in the Huayan Sing, it talked about how the Bodhisattva would rejoice in all the Sui Si Zhu Fo Si to rejoice in all the works of the Buddha, yeah, which includes the cultivation uh, prior to Buddhahood, cultivation all the way, the six param- paramitas, the, the limitless, uh, boundless practices, all the way culminating to uh, reach 10-stage Bodhisattva. Uh, rejoice and then to also try to pursue that path. Yeah? Uh, up to uh, the Buddha arising in this world yeah? as a prince, and then uh, uh, 
uh, encountering the, the sights and then leaving the palace, practice as an ascetic to the point of attaining Buddhahood, uh, to the point of uh, turning the Dharma wheel and then to give all the teachings, establish the, the Buddha Sasana and up to uh, uh, displaying, entering Parinibbana. The whole process, yeah. In in the Avatamsaka Sutra, Huanzing, I talk about how the Bodhisattva would rejoice in this whole process, yeah. And here, it rejoice is not just say, oh, well done, uh, but to really go and know and understand uh, what are the practices that is necessary for all these steps, yeah. <coughs> oh. Then including here, it includes the le chu fu bao. So, uh, the other day I was sharing at, uh, I think it was Kelvin's place, about how uh, most devotees see venerables as a uh, blessing giver. Yeah? Uh, so if the, if the venerable conduct a blessing ceremony, wow, throngs of people come. Everybody crowding, and then some may even appear to be fighting for a chance to get some blessing. Yeah, uh, gains or gain some merits, get some blessing. Yeah, but the real blessing from uh, the venerables is the dharma. Yeah, it's the dharma really. But having said that, within the dharma itself, the Buddha uh, did teach uh, the, his disciples how to have uh, have happiness in this samsara yeah, how to have happiness in this samsara so in this text in the sub-commentary you will find that there are three levels three categories that it highlights inside the sub-commentary Not, this is the commentary itself but inside the sub-commentary so in the sub-commentary it says the lowest level there's three levels the lowest, the middle and the upper level yeah? uh, cultivators can be can be separated into these three levels so the lowest level are those who seek a happier rebirth mm. happier rebirth in other words still seeking to have uh, have happiness in samsara, uh, but we don't say that 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 you cannot do that. Uh, you can do that. Yeah, if you want to have worldly uh, happiness, how to pursue it? Yeah, you want to have wealth, you want to have good health, you want to have uh, good relations. How to pursue that? Up to uh, up at the end of this life, how do you have a fortunate rebirth? Yeah. in all the different lineages the Buddha teaches uh, taking refuge in the triple gem observing the five precepts uh, and then the ten wholesome deeds <coughs> if you do all that yeah, uh, and maintain this practice then you can be assured of a wholesome rebirth a pleasant rebirth in the next life either as a human or if you aspire in the heavenly realms as well. But that is only limited to the sensual desire realm. Mm. 
if you want to be reborn beyond the sensual desire realm, then you must transcend the sensual desire realm in this life. Transcend doesn't mean you cut it off, huh? but at least be able to uh, at will uh, overcome sensual desire. Meaning, not to be so grossly attached to the pleasure of the eyes, ears, nose, tongue, and the body. Yeah. So sensual here encompasses uh, the the sexual lust, but also all the kind of pleasure that arises due to eye, ears, nose, tongue, body. Yeah. If you can do that, plus the earlier criteria, uh, then you can be reborn in the form world. Yeah, upon death. Uh, F-O-R-M. Yeah. Yeah. Physical form. Uh, so yeah, So uh, now we also have physical form. Uh, in the form realm they also have physical form. <coughs> but their physical form is a bit more refined than us. Well actually a lot more refined than us. Yeah. Uh, they they do not have sensual uh, pleasure or desire as their focus. Yeah. They don't indulge in that. Those within the sensual desire realm wishes to do so. For them, they are focused on uh, on the form that they use as their meditation object. By virtue of that, that is called the form realm. By virtue of uh, the pursuit of sensual desire, then beings who are born in this category, the lower category, are known as uh, beings within the sensual desire realm. Then if you want to be reborn beyond even the form realm, then you must cultivate the, the very subtle meditation that transcends even physical form. Then you, if you can maintain that until death, then you can be reborn in the formless realm. Yeah. Thanks to uh, Louise for giving me a lift. Yeah. So she has to go and park. <coughs> so, if you were to, uh, if you were to do all these practices, <laughs> the first category of these practices is seen by some as wow, so tough. Yeah. Uh, but the fact that we are born as a human being, it means that uh, sometime, at some point in our past lives, we didn't do too badly. Yeah, yeah we didn't do too badly. Yeah, we must have behaved or lived our life in a somewhat wholesome way. Yeah, uh, And perhaps in between that life and this life, we may have done other good deeds, but we may have also done other not so good things huh? then maybe we have also been reborn in heavenly realms or maybe even in the lower realms yeah, but in our immediate previous life that particular karmic seed ripened huh, so today we can enjoy the fruits but as I've mentioned uh, before uh, just because we are born as a human being it does not guarantee a human rebirth in the next life yeah it doesn't guarantee that. You must uh, behave. You must behave and act, uh, and plant the seeds, plant the causes, the conditions for a human rebirth again, 
in order to have a human rebirth. So in a way, as we understand the, 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 the picture that is being painted, then you realize that the, the traditional way of looking at karma yeah, as retribution, in a way, is not that right also. Because it's not so much that someone is punishing you. Yeah? You just get what you deserve. <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's not so much... It's, it's, it's like saying, Oh, now it's raining. Oh, this one is a retribution of the cloud for being so greedy, gathering so much water, moisture. No. As long as there's enough moisture, then it will precipitate given the right conditions here rain. You know? Uh, it's not that the rain is greedy or the rain or whatever. Yeah, it's just a matter of conditions throughout. Yeah. But sentient beings, we as sentient beings we don't like suffering. So then because of our dislike for suffering, then we look at the different rebirth as Pleasant, unpleasant, as good and bad. (coughs) So, um, all these three categories that I've just described are still belonging to the lowest class. Earlier on, I mentioned three class, lower, middle, upper. This is all still within the lower level. Why? Because the lowest level is just pursuit of happier rebirth. Happier rebirth. Now, then there are those who transcend uh, transcend the samsaric uh, existence. And then they pursue the Sravaka path and attain to Arahanthood. Or they pursue the Pachika Buddha path, uh, Pachika Buddha path, and then attain Pachika Buddhahood. Yeah? Uh, as mentioned before, uh, Shravaka means hearer, yeah. That means <coughs> the the path that uh, leads to uh, eradication of defilements and culminates in arahanthood, yeah. While the teachings of the Buddha is available, mm. so such a person, uh, in some of the texts, it says that the fastest for a person who is of uh, of uh, like uh, high fa- like high faculty, it means he's he's uh, he's very diligent, he's very intelligent, he's he has keen sense of understanding, and so on and so forth. Yeah, starting from zero, yeah, it will take the fastest three lifetimes, yeah, three lifetimes. Whereas to attain Buddhahood, oh, you need a lot more resources. <laughs> Yeah, a lot more resources. Yeah. The fastest is three asankhya kalpa. <laughs> and that's for those who are of high caliber. So that's why the arhan path is very attractive for many people. Yeah. Ah, yes. Oh yes, yes. And then break away from samsara. Yes. Isn't that 
when you attain enlightenment that is Buddhahood or I am? Oh. Understand. No problem. Uh, I many years ago I actually draw a Venn diagram, yeah, uh, outlining outlining the the ten uh, what we call Shi Fa Jie, Liu Fa and Si Shen, so the six realms, and then the four enlightened uh, enlightened uh, uh, realms. Yeah. When we say realms is it's not meant to be understood as literally, physically, a uh, physical realm, okay? Maybe let me just uh, clarify on this. What is the relation between them? Uh? <clears throat> I can't see behind me. So in case if what I think is okay, but actually it's all blank, uh, you must let me know, okay? <laughs> Yeah, so uh, let me create a t table and then show you what is the what is it? Uh, uh, let me see. Okay, so defilements. No defilements. <coughs> okay. And then you have uh, compassion and ability to teach. Is the num lock on? Where's the num lock? And the shift key. This shift key is broken. Okay. No. <coughs> okay, so uh, how come today the table looks so strange? Huh? <laughs> okay. Like I like there's not enough squares to fill in. Okay, so defilements, of course, sentient beings. So no defilements. <coughs> hey, uh, how come there's so few squares? Uh? Uh, okay, so here would be the Buddha and Bodhisattva. So this would be Arhant. Okay. Over here. Uh, sorry, over here is sentient beings. <coughs> and then over here is the. Do you know who? What is over here?
泥菩萨。Mud Bodhisattva. Have you heard of the idiom? 泥菩萨过江。啊、uh, ，So. Uh, <clears throat> I mean, as a Chinese, we learn this in school, uh, or or just from passed down, no? Like, and you easily understand what it means. Huh? What is the meaning? Not in Buddhist context, ah. Huh? In normal context, what is the meaning of this idiom? Can someone explain? Don't use Buddhism. Just normally, when you hear this, what does it mean? In other words, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And the 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 best thing is, you are pang, you are mang, So last time when I learned about this, it's like okay, it seems quite funny, uh. But when you really learn the Dharma, then you realize, wow, this this idiom uh, actually describes the whole. Okay, not in detail. A bite, but it describes the process of attaining enlightenment. You know, of the Bodhisattva path. Ni pusa kuo jiang. So kuo jiang means to cross the the stream or the river. And this is the metaphor that is so prevalent in Buddhism. Yeah, of crossing from this shore to the other shore. So this kuo jiang means to go from. Uh, in the Buddhist context, is to go from. Suffering to no suffering. Yeah, so far so good. Ah, then why pusa kuo jiang? Yeah, because Bodhisattvas, their their life goal is to help ferry people from this shore to the other shore. Yeah, to serve as metaphorical vehicle. Yeah, but not to literally ferry people over, but metaphorically ferry people from the shore of suffering to the shore of no suffering. Yeah, through the ship of uh, ship of uh, dharma. Now the trouble is, this is not an ordinary bodhisattva. This is a special bodhisattva, a mat bodhisattva, ni pusa. <laughs> so what happens when you put a bodhisattva that is made of clay into the river? It just dissolves. So if 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 the person while if the Buddhi, if this bodhisattva while trying to save someone in the river, what will happen to the bodhisattva? The bodhisattva cannot even save himself. Yeah. So ni pusa guo jiang zi shen nan bao. So this would refer to those who are very helpful, who overestimate themselves and try to help others, but they have not resolved their own problem. They have not overcome defilements yet. Yeah, so when they try to help others, they end up sinking themselves. Yeah, or even it may even cause harm to others. Sentient beings is straightforward enough. <coughs> yeah. So, uh, Buddha and Bodhisattvas. Here, Bodhisattvas strictly refers to those who uh, are already enlightened. Okay. And because there are ten stages here, uh, without you know filling up the whole the whole slide, you know, with 
all the detail of the 10 stages, you should know that for those who are at the 10th stage, then they have totally removed all defilements. But from stage 1 to stage 10, uh, they may still have certain limitations accordingly. Yeah, according to the perfections they have achieved, then they remove certain uh, factors or defilements. Okay? But a Buddha would be uh, someone who have completely eradicated all defilements. Now as far as defilements and ignorance that lead to suffering is concerned, a Buddha and an Arahant is identical. Yes? As far as defilements and ignorance that leads to suffering is concerned, a Buddha and an Arahant are identical. Okay, so far so good. What it means is that uh, a Buddha, because he has removed all uh, ignorance that leads to craving, he don't suffer anymore. Yeah. Uh, and Arahant likewise have eradicated the very causes for craving, yeah, which is ignorance fundamentally. Uh, having removed that part, he is also free of suffering. In a way, if you look at the classical text, the Buddha is also called an Arahant. Yeah, because that's basically, that's fundamentally the definition of Arahant. Someone who has removed uh, uh, evil. Yeah, someone who has removed defilements. <coughs> so then, what is the distinction between a Buddha and an Arahant? Here I put very loosely that the Buddha and Bodhisattva is someone who has the compassion and the ability to teach. Whereas for an Arahant, I put no over there. But let me qualify. The term Arahant only describes the, the fact that this person has no more defilements. In fact, the term Arahant do not, let me repeat, uh, the term Arahant do not directly describe whether the person would have compassion or ability to teach or not. And that's why the Buddha was also called a, an Arahant. It does not necessarily imply that the person will not have the ability to teach or compassion to teach. It just means that you have reached a point where you have no more defilements. Let me give you an example in real life that may help you to understand. So, <coughs> consider this. Um, how many of you uh, knows how to swim? Okay. So, how many of you do not know how to swim? Okay, so eh, some of you raised twice. Huh? So, wait, who do not know how to swim? Okay, don't know how to swim, really? Because you say, it's Singapore Island, you know. <laughs> huh? Don't know how to swim. 
This is what my JC principal, Mr. Yaya, told us. Yeah, we are one of the few schools, uh, Tenpine JC. Yeah, yeah, one of uh, the few schools that has a sea sports club. Yeah, even though our school is quite Kuchengkura. <laughs> yeah, and then in the sports meets, sea sports meets, he, he told us, he said, why do we have a sea sports club and sea sports meet? Because Singapore is an island. If you do not know how to swim as a citizen in a country that is an island, you are in trouble. <laughs> okay, so anyway. So, uh, is there any one of you who has been exposed to or trained as a lifeguard? Any of you know CPR? One person. Plus two person. Dua orang. <coughs> now, uh, but none of you train as lifeguard. Wow, Charlotte, only Sifu know. Next time if I go on the boat, I better <laughs> find somebody else. <laughs> Okay, so let's say uh, Ingri is uh, is a lifeguard trainer also. So the two of us are lifeguard trained. But do you know how to swim? Yes. You know how. Okay, cannot, you cannot be a lifeguard and don't know how to swim, right? Yeah. So now there are two trained lifeguards here. The fact that we are lifeguards, you automatically know that we know how to swim. Now, those of you who do not, do not know how to swim, you can automatically say that you are not a lifeguard. But if now, if someone uh, meet one of you who know how to swim, you cannot be certain whether the person is a lifeguard. Again, those of you who know how to swim, raise your hand. <coughs> okay, put down your hands. Those who don't know how to swim, raise your hand. Okay, yeah, I want to see whether there's someone who really <laughs> keep on raising their hand. Okay, so again, those who are swimmers, raise your hand again. Can swim, not swim. <laughs> okay, can swim, don't know how to swim. La. <laughs> don't have to be as fast as Michael Phelps. So, from if, if, if I had not asked about uh, who is the lifeguard, you wouldn't know if there is a lifeguard here you only know that these are those who know how to swim. Yeah? So, the fact, the, the fact that you are labelled a swimmer does not say anything about you being a lifeguard or not. But if you are labelled or if you are known as, uh, or if you are qualified as a lifeguard, you die-die must be a swimmer. So if you are Buddha, you die-die, <laughs> sorry, you won't die-die if you are Buddha, you definitely have the compassion and ability to teach. Because that's the very prerequisite of a Buddha. But if you are known to have attained Arhanthood, you may not have this, but you may also have. Because this, this is not a qualifier for this. These two are actually, <coughs> they, are, they are different axes. Yeah? Now, this and this is actually on a different axis. So they are not... This and this, not appearing. Oh, when I say this and this, uh, is, 
Um, yeah, thank you. Compassion and ability to teach, right? And arahanthood, these are two different axes. Okay? So you can increase in compassion, you can increase a lot in compassion, but it doesn't say anything about your ability to remove defilements also. You can remove defilements all you want, but it doesn't say anything about whether you have compassion. Yeah, you may have, you may not have. Yeah. yeah so if you if a person keep on cultivating compassion, 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 but never improve themselves in terms of removal of defilements, then at most you become a nipusa. Yeah, the Buddha was known as Arahan. Mm. Yeah, from the Sutta, you can see this description. Even until today, we recite Namo Tasa Bhagavato Arahato uh, Arahato. Uh, that's referring to the Buddha as a, an Arahan. Do you mind if I use this as a spitten? <coughs> so, so if a person were to uh, fall into the second category, then such a person uh, aspire to uh, practice and cultivate to attain. Uh, Arahanhood or Pachuka Buddhahood. Yeah. So Pachuka Buddhahood within this chart yeah, would fall under this. Of course, if you consider the first one to be higher, then we we'll put Pachuka Buddhahood. Okay. Quite funny. A few days ago, I was still thinking to myself, "Wow, long time I never fall sick." <laughs> then the, the very next day, immediately catch a cold. <laughs> <coughs> Not a bad thing to fall sick once in a while. Yeah. That day I was just sharing. When we fall sick, okay. When we fall sick, then our we 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 may learn to prioritize things better. When you're not sick, you have a lot of energy, you know. So a lot of energy to argue with people, <laughs> yeah, to to pick on everything, you know. But when you're sick. Okay, <laughs> then okay, then your world is so 
today I told somebody, someone was telling me that another person shared with him about uh, how to the, the way to deal with uh, the passing of a close one. He said that when his father passed away, <coughs> a monk told him this, Will you still be sad, as sad as today? Uh, like, I don't know whether he, the monk started with like one year, ten years, because I would do that. But when he told me, he just jumped straight to twenty years. La. So, the answer was, oh, I will not be as sad. So the monk told him, then why don't you use the wisdom from twenty years later and use it now? What do you want to suffer for 20 years before using that wisdom? When I heard that, I was like, wow, this monk is so wise, no? For me, I would tell a half an hour story, tell until people want to send me back. And then maybe I haven't finished the story. <laughs> yeah. <coughs> so I thought, yeah, similarly for me, when I'm sick, when we are sick, I think we usually we, we prioritize things very well. So we don't have to wait until we are sick. When you are physically well, you should remind yourself and ask yourself, if anything you know, catches your attention and you want to go and say something, do something, act upon it, then ask yourself, if you are sick, will you do anything about it? If the answer is no, then it's probably not so important. It's probably not so important, you know. Mm. Of course, if you want, if you try hard enough, you'll find some fringe cases that is in a grey area, lah. So, <laughs> anyway, <coughs> now, so just now mentioned three categories. Now, the high, the the top category would be those who aspire to Buddhahood, the Bodhisattva path. Oh. So. This, with these three categories in mind, let's go back to the text and take a look. So, this uh, is, is more about the happier rebirth, uh, just happier rebirth. So, rejoicing. So here, all about rejoicing. Uh, rejoicing in what? Re- rejoicing in the accumulation of <coughs> of those uh, wholesome actions. Yeah. Why? Because these wholesome actions... Uh, they bring about, uh, they form the, the causes, the foundation, the root for bodhicitta. Yeah. Or put it another way, you should, here is about rejoicing in those wholesome deeds that forms the cause of bodhicitta. <coughs> Now, of course, again, if we refer to the Avatamsaka Sutra, 
uh, practically anything anything that is wholesome can be transformed into bodhicitta fertilizer even when someone So it's not Christina's anymore, right? It's yours, ma. Then why do you say it's Christina's? <coughs> so, is it given to you? Yeah. Then it's yours already, lah. Why do you twist it, Zerin? Everything Krishna, everything Krishna. Krishna, tell her, don't breathe. Tell her. <laughs> Ridiculous, you know. It's one thing to for us to keep on saying how to get rid of attachment, but don't work on your attachment. We can ask this same question, how to overcome uh, my overweight? whole year round but keep on eating fried food yeah, you, you are kidding yourself uh. <coughs> so rejoicing in in the sentient beings uh, rejoicing in what? in the uh, liberation from the suffering of this uh, samsaric existence. <coughs> so, if you look at the sub commentary, this part they actually give some uh, give some uh, footnote, uh, which is linked to what I mentioned about the three different categories. So, in the sub commentary, it, it highlights that this enlightened state refers to the uh, nibbana that the Arahant and the Patrika Buddha has attained. So the question then is, why does it not include Buddhahood? <coughs> mm. Yeah. Yeah, because uh, Buddhahood is the later partner. <laughs> this part is so it's at stages. Yeah. So, to rejoice not just in the uh, Bodhisattva path, but also the cultivation of the, the Shravaka disciple, the Arahant. Also rejoice in the cultivation of uh, the Pachika Buddha. Yeah. Uh, let me show you the, the sub-commentary here. <coughs>
excuse me. So the term enlightened state is not referring to full Buddhahood, but the nirvana of the Shravaka, Hera, or the Pratikya Buddhahood. Yeah. Mm. And here freedom won refers to cessation, and round of pain uh, refers to the first two noble truths. Yeah. First noble truth of suffering and the causes of suffering. You should have this this text also. This is the the one that the PDF that we sent out earlier. Oh. Uh, there are some parts where it is <coughs> a very unique way of looking at it. So I want to highlight. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> So likewise, uh, rejoicing in uh, the Buddha's awakening, yeah, the Buddhahood, yeah, and then the various uh, stages. Here, So, referring here would be referring to the Bodhisattvas, uh, the various stages of the Bodhisattva path. In other words, yeah. Uh, so this would this line here oh, this line here <coughs> uh, would would be uh, what I mentioned earlier yeah from the Avatamsaka Sutra yeah where you rejoice in the cultivation leading up to Buddhahood and then the whole process where the Buddha attained enlightenment uh, and then give teachings and so on and so forth until enter Parinibbana. <coughs> mm. So by now, you all should be quite ready to be Bodhisattva. Huh? You all should be Bodhisattva already, not quite ready. <laughs> uh, some, uh, some, sometimes some students may wonder, but this may be quite quite far away, huh? Yeah. This may be this seems like it's quite far away for us. Uh, but <coughs> the planting of the seeds you cannot uh, wait until you attain Buddhahood. Then you plant the seeds. The moment you rejoice in it, you're planting the seeds. You are starting to to point yourself in that direction. Uh, in what direction? In the directions of the enlightened ones. It is not that Kwan Sim Pusa wait until he is Kwan Sim Pusa, then he he rejoices being compassionate. It is that in the long distance past, he he maybe maybe he experienced compassion from somebody. Maybe he saw somebody being compassionate to another person. Then he, wow, that is so wonderful. I also want to be so compassionate. And then that compassion, that seed get planted and then becomes stronger and stronger and stronger. Yeah. 
through what? Through his cultivation of compassion. Venerable <coughs> uh, Sariputra, he is uh, one of the chief disciples. Yeah, the Buddha dis- give him the, the, the in a way the title uh, chief of Dharma, yeah, the Dharma Marshal. Mm. Superior in wisdom, as far as the Shravaka disciples are concerned. How did that happen? Uh, actually, although in the Theravadan commentary you may not see explicitly the similar description like what we see here, but after you learn more teachings, you start to say, hey, actually, th- that's what he did. In a long distance past, when he encountered one of the Buddhas, and the Buddha uh, <clears throat> praise the qualities of that Buddha's chief disciple, chief of Dharma, Dharma Marshal. Wow, he rejoiced in in those qualities so much so that it is said, yeah, y'all can go and read another book called uh, Disciples of the Buddha. Yeah, and it describes ten chief disciples, male and female. Ten, ten. Yeah, one of them would be. Venerable Sariputra. And it describes that at, at that life, he could have attained Arahanthood. Yeah, during one of the teachings. But he was so full of admiration and devotion towards the chief disciple, he totally didn't li- listen to the teachings. <laughs> he was one single pointed, you know, single pointed in his mind towards the chief disciple. <coughs> And in a way, he is basically rejoicing in the in this direction. His friends, his contingent of friends, all attain arahanthood, but he could have attained arahanthood. But instead, at the end of the teachings, then he went to the Buddha and expressed his aspiration that he wants to become a chief disciple. Then the Buddha gave him the affirmation. Yeah, in Chinese we call shou ji. In other words, give you him, give him the confirmation yeah. that in future there shall arise a Buddha Sakyamuni, and then you shall attain arahanthood under him, and you shall be known as his chief disciple, the Dharma Marshal. Yeah. So uh, from this, among many other cases. Uh, Rejoicing is not simply uh, being happy, yeah, but to rejoice in the causes for that merit, yeah, the cultivation, in other words, that leads to that merit, that co- those qualities, and then to aspire in that direction and work towards it. <coughs> yeah, to work, to work towards it. Yes. Yes. One could one could uh, one could say that, yeah. Uh, if he had directed his mind onto the path itself, he could have attained arahanthood straight away, yeah. Uh, but if he had done so, then we wouldn't have venerable Sariputra. <laughs> As I mentioned earlier, in the larger scheme of things, it's not so much that that is right or wrong. 
but you do this, then you get that. Uh. <coughs> uh, is that a form of attachment? Um, what do you think? Do you think it's a form of attachment? It's a wholesome quality, right? It's a wholesome quality. Yeah. It's, it's stopped, it like hinders its progress actually. Yeah. One could also say the same thing about Buddhahood. Yeah. That if a person a person could have attained Arahanhood, but then after after hearing about the qualities of a Buddha, decides to embark on the longer journey. <laughs> so is that a problem? <laughs> as long as it's not for something lower, I think it's still okay. Yeah. That's still okay. Yeah. If let's say uh, someone could have attained Aranhood and then instead hear about uh, some HDB, TOP, BTO, well, then, wow, so nice. Ah. Wow. Then in the end, you know, or maybe hear uh, something like some worldly achievement. Then in the end, give up on the ability to attain arahanthood and then and then that would be uh, to put things into perspective in the in the I don't know about other tradition I would say that it should apply for other tradition but in the lineage that I was ordained in uh, I think in the it's inside the sutra so it should apply to all there's something called xie yuan let me just write it down so that for clarity, okay? <coughs> Oops. Is this the Jian Ti Zi? Okay. Jian Ti Zi is this, right? Because Fan Ti is with the Bei at the side. So, in English, this is called an evil vow. Evil vow or aspiration. <coughs> what is an evil vow or aspiration? Just now we mentioned about happier rebirth, right? As the lowest one. So, in the monastic order, if a monastic just aim for a happier rebirth, that is considered an evil aspiration. <coughs> yeah. Whereas for most people, well, you, you can be reborn as a human being and then well, having a good life, that's a okay one. Yeah. Or if you want to be reborn in the heavenly realms, that's not bad. Huh? But if you are ordained as a monastic, doesn't matter man or woman, huh? if you are ordained as a monastic, and you just aim for that, that is considered an evil aspiration. Why? Because if you are ordained as a monastic, your, your, your aim should be liberation. Then you can aim, aim lower, just, just enough, yeah, just pass. Uh, so there's this phrase. Yeah. So in the case of Venerable Sariputra, that shouldn't be considered as an evil aspiration. Yeah, because it's actually even more supreme. 
Uh, because it's not as though he just sit around for a few more kapas and then he had become a chief disciple. He has to f- fulfill even more paramitas to become a chief disciple. Yeah. <coughs> the same goes for the Buddha's various uh, chief disciples. Yeah. If they had, many of them were in the sub commentaries. It says that many of them could have attained Pachuka Buddhahood. Yeah. Uh, but they de- they de- decided to stay on and wait for the Buddha to attain en- enlightenment. In the Bodhisattva path, uh, in the Mahana teachings, then we say that a good number of them <coughs> are actually Bodhisattvas manifesting this process. Yeah. <coughs> so, just now I mentioned about how Sometimes when we learn some of these teachings, it may seem it may seem quite far fetched, yeah, or very far away. Yeah, but you must remember, uh, this suisi is planting the seeds, yeah, preparing yourself, uh, uh, and amassing the the merits and the conditions, yeah, uh, towards that direction. In other words, charting your path, yeah, charting your path. <clears throat> if you cannot even uh, de- delight and rejoice in the enlightened path, <laughs> then how to walk the enlightened path? So, so far over here, it only talk about, it just directly talk about delighting it in it. <clears throat> uh, in the uh, in the because this is Tibetan, uh, so I cannot always just quote from different different sutras, but never quote anything from the Tibetan school. Uh. <laughs> so in the Lamrim teaching, the earlier chapters talk about the perils of the worldly uh, path yeah, at length. At length. So even just going through those earlier chapters will be you know, several several years, and it goes through <coughs> all the different realms. Like for this class, previously I also went through the different realms, but it was just in brief, uh, yeah, just in brief. Yeah, in many s- schools and tradition, especially for the monastic order, you go through at length. Yeah, the problem with each realm. Yeah, what are the different shortcomings of this realm? What are the problems of this realm? Yeah, what are the limitations of this realm? The three lower realms is very obvious, uh, but human realms, yeah, human realms is also it also has its limitation. But the human realm has <coughs> much advantage also. When we look at the limitations of the human realm, it is looking at the fact that it is not uh, the ultimate. Uh, sanctuary for for freedom from suffering, but with respect to cultivation, uh, it's most superior. Oh. So don't think that hey, how come that this seems to have a conflict or uh, contradiction? On one hand, it's most superior, but now you tell us to go and reflect on the shortcomings. The shortcoming is that don't think that oh, I I just stay in the human realm, yeah, because you need to liberate yourself from human realm also. Thank <laughs> you.
亦复乐随喜，能与有情乐，发心福善海，记住饶以行。嗯，亦复乐随喜，能与有情乐。<clears throat> so to rejoice in the happiness of sentient beings, fasting, fu san hai, ji zhu rao yi xing. So all the different uh, practices that benefit sentient beings. <coughs> I have had some students who <laughs> who share with me their concern, uh, not just from this class, but from other classes also. Uh, they ask me, they share with me like, but Shifu, I, I, I really don't like to interact too much with people. <sighs> yeah. So, uh, some of you may have this concern. Uh, like, when you think about Buddha, Buddhahood, then you think, wow, to become a Buddha, I must do all that. Wow, <laughs> then it may not seem like it's something that you want to do. Yeah, You may feel disheartened. Uh, some of you ask me about, wow, but if I go pure land, then <laughs> does it mean that I still have to talk to people? I still must attend class together with other people and all those things. Uh, or ultimately, when you do attain Buddhahood, you must go and reach out to sentient beings, and be, even before that, you must, you must, Guangjieshanyuan, uh, you must uh, cultivate a lot of wholesome links with sentient beings. <coughs> uh, here it says, "Yi fu le sui xi, neng yu you qing le." That you you should rejoice in this also. Uh, why is this crucial? For those who cultivate the Bodhisattva path, when you reach a certain stage, the re- renunciation would arise. Now, I'm not saying that the that uh, it's right or wrong to have that renunciation, or whether you all actually have the proper renunciation. Sometimes we are we are not really having renunciation, you know. Sometimes what we have is we are kupi. Uh, we are kupi, not not renunciation. Renunciation is truly. Yeah. What sometimes we have is we are actually kupi. Yeah. Uh, what is the difference? The difference is <coughs> truly is. Uh, on one level, is truly fun now. Yeah. 出力心是出力烦恼的心，and because 
because you see that they cannot, they cannot give you true happiness. And you see that wow, interaction with them can bring a lot of different problems. Uh, but for uh, for many people, it's actually not that. For many people, it is based on our preferences. Uh, this is the key distinction between if you have true renunciation versus you are actually gupit. <laughs> or maybe not gupit, but not renunciation. Uh, if, your, if your tendency to want to interact or not interact depends on the people, uh, then it's not really renunciation. Renunciation is how you feel towards all, all sentient beings. Yeah. Not that, oh, this friend I, I'm quite okay with, then I can interact. Okay, but the rest I truly, uh, the rest I don't like, I truly, I have renunciation. Sorry, I'm practicing renunciation. Uh, that is not renunciation. Uh. Uh, or, or human beings, I have renunciation, but uh, my handphone, I don't have renunciation. Yeah. Or my pet, I don't have renunciation. Uh, that, then, then you know that that is not renunciation. Uh. <coughs> Last time, I don't really understand also. Last time, I, uh, over the years, observe through the teachings and you observe yourself, you observe then through the teachings from the sutras, you from the different teachers, then you, ah, okay. What is really renunciation? Of course, when you hear that, then you realize that renunciation, the bar for renunciation is not so low. Huh? Yeah. So then you must also understand that the direction is one thing, whether you are there or not is another thing. So at least you must make sure that your direction is correct. Uh, you may not be able to do it yet. Overnight, you, who can do it? Yeah. You first hear about it, you cannot immediately do it. But at least you must know what is the correct direction, which is that renunciation is not simply about, I have this person, I have being a so I cannot truly. Or then this one is my good friend, this one is my family, my son, my daughter, my niece and nephew, my whoever, wow, very gum, or my uncle, auntie, whoever. Then that one is not really truly. That one is not really truly. But at least you must know that that is not truly. And then you are in the right direction already. Knowing that itself is very crucial. Knowing that is very crucial. So, <coughs> so, of course, here in the stages of the Buddha's offspring. So, Buddha's offspring here refers to Bodhisattva. So, the stages of the Bodhisattva path. Now, if we were to go into detail of this, <laughs> then, then we have to extend the class by another, don't know how many months. Uh, <laughs> Uh, so, in brief, I will tell you, the Bodhisattva path, there are ten stages. Uh, ten stages and spanning three Asankhya Kappa. Uh, three Asankhya Kappa. Yifu le sui si, nen yu yu qing le, fa xing fu san hai, 
Last time my my I don't say who last time someone always tell me yeah, someone I don't say who someone <laughs> I really say don't say who they use. So yeah. Who knows, maybe a lot of people say, say that to me. So anyway, why is Heng Sun Zhong Sen? Why what is the link here? So this Rao Yi Xing. Rao Yi Zhu Yu Qing. so to do things that um truly benefit sentient beings. Yeah. Uh, but sometimes before you can benefit them you must Heng Sun Zhong Sen. but uh, last time when that person shared with me Heng Sun Zhong Sen, I disagree. Uh, I disagree. Uh, at that point in time, I didn't have. The first time I disagree, I don't have so much valid reasons. But now I can tell you more valid reasons. Yeah. So when we say Heng Sun Zhong Sen, by the phrase itself, it means go according to sentient beings. Yeah, fulfill the wishes of sentient beings. Yeah, whatever they want, uh, just you know, don't don't go against their wishes, mm. uh, So in the for a bodhisattva, then it is not simply saying yes to everybody. Yeah, it is to go according to the the primary primary wishes of all sentient beings to be uh, to be free from suffering. Whatever, uh, whatever can be done to help the sentient being to promote the removal of suffering of sentient beings. <coughs> yeah, uh, that is what Buddhists do. And in so doing, Rao Yi Sing, Zhu Rao Yi Sing. So delight in all that. But if you want to do that, then you must interact with sentient beings. So, uh, so this this. This part is important because as we practice, sometimes our renunciation may become so strong. Or, uh, as you pursue the Bodhisattva path, life after life, not day after day, life after life, no. Then sentient beings, until you fed up, don't bother. Uh, but then you remember, oh, okay, that's his teaching. Yeah, must. Yi fu le sui si, nen yu you qing le, fa xing fu san hai, ji zhu rao yi xing. Not easy, ah. How to do this? Wo yu si fang fu, he zhang chen qi qing. 
我与十方佛合掌成其情。This chant is very sincerely. Huh? <coughs> so towards the Buddhas in the ten directions. In other words, all the Buddhas. Yeah, we put our palms together. Her zhang. This this term, her zhang. Her zhang. It's her zhang. Her zhang. How come become her zhang? Ah, I think there's a typo here. Should be her zhang. So it should be putting the palms together. This is uh, in the Buddhist tradition. Uh, this is a form of uh, uh, respect yeah, towards the other person, <coughs> and then very sincerely make a request. Yeah, make a request for what? For who do we make a request? Make a request to do what? Wei ku huo mi zhong. For for who? For the sentient beings. <coughs> For the suffering of the sentient beings who are uh, deluded yeah, by defilements. <laughs> and for them, what do we request for? Uh, we don't request for uh, for good luck. We don't request... Uh, Chinese knew everybody praying for good luck. Huh? Yesterday, some students offered lunch. Then one of them asked... Uh, one of them said she has a question she, she's wondering after becoming a Buddhist taking refuge is it okay to go to other like religious places I, said, uh, I was going to ask like what is the context then she said like let's say go to Taoist temple pray to Chai Sen Ye okay or not? <laughs> <laughs> so, so I said then she, then she further added, because in the Chinese Mahayana tradition, the verses it says, uh, yeah. Taking refuge in a Buddha, you do not uh, have belief in uh, <coughs> in the evil path, in the in Mara, in other uh, other schools, In other words, so. Um, in a way, you can say that it explicitly tells you you cannot. Yeah, but if you really think carefully, if you were to actually go and go to a temp, another temple and pray Chaisenye, so the first thing without Sifu or the Buddha coming to talk to you in your dream and say, oh, "You watch out." <laughs> You have to ask yourself, why would such a person do such a thing? Anyone who do that, do that for one purpose, or with one mindset, that in the hope that it works, <clears throat> that you can really get more luck, more fortune. Agree? Otherwise, why, why bother go to a temple, then crowd around, then then maybe gonna burn, you know? Always happen, right? In other countries, worse. No, the the first on the Chuyi, wow, Di Zhu Xiang. You see them. The worst is when it's a tem- a Buddhist temple. You see, what Piang? That was in Taiwan. Oh, many countries. Oh, all over Taiwan, China. Now that they are open, Simalu also. 
or you're all over. So, if a person were to go and do that, do that, then most likely the person have this belief. We are not even going about whether it's right or wrong first. Huh? But if you subscribe to the belief that you can simply go and placate some divine being and then the divine being can give you some fortune, <coughs> you're basically having a different view from the Buddha. Yeah. I'm not jumping to the conclusion that it's right or wrong, but it's very different from what the Buddha saw how karma works. So you want to call it right or wrong, that's another thing. But it's definitely quite different from how the Buddha saw this world. Now, does it make you less of a Buddhist? Strictly speaking, yes. Because then you are, your, your, your mindset is in, in contradiction, is clashing with what the Buddha saw. But human beings, we are full of paradox huh? yeah, and contradiction. We think one way but do another thing. We we feel a certain thing and then we say another thing. Yeah. Uh, someone asks you, Yao Piao, Piao. But actually Yao. Then someone asks you, Yao Piao, you say Yao, but actually Puyao. Yeah. Uh, someone invite you for the gathering, actually you don't feel like going. Then you say, Okay la, I go. Can la, can. Yeah. Someone someone asks you whether is it okay to do it, do it this way? Then you okay la, can I or someone asks you, then you say, because you are upset, so you say, don't want. But actually you want. Uh, we are full of contradiction. Uh, so similarly for this. Uh. So you mentioned that the, these people rush in. Uh, <coughs> in fact, the temple uh, even encourage that. Some temples do encourage that. And they even have first prize with money reward, as I saw on TV this year. Wow. Well, the first thing we must understand is that <coughs> temples being temples, not all temples are Buddhist temples. So in Taiwan, uh, I was there for seven months during NS. So I got to know this Taiwanese girl and her family owns uh, some tea house and the production of tea. So, there, so I visited her in Inga Zhen which is just south of Taipei. And then in that place, they have this their own house. And in their house, when they were building it, they found, they, they, they excavated a huge rock. Then what do they do with the rock in Singapore? Right. <laughs> you, in Singapore, if you find a big rock, you, you contact your contractor, contractor haul it away. In, in Taiwan, they re remove it so that they can build a building, then they put it to the side, Build a small roof and then put a, put a, put an urns in front and then start making offering. <laughs> in Taiwan, <coughs> all over the place, lampposts people also put all over the place. Anything you can find, they will pray to it. Yeah, 
but we are not so far away actually. In Singapore, if you dare to put some tablet and put a tonglikong, people will start putting. <laughs> yeah, all you have to do is wait for a busy time. A lot of people passing by, then you get five person to go there and pray, you know, and then tong uh, Then someone will, eh, eh, that's a big ling Yeah, Chinese Yeah. So as a result, a lot of these temples may not be Chinese. Buddhist temple. If you ask the 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 Taoist Federation, I don't know what is the stand of Taoist Federation in Taiwan, but there was once someone asked during the interfaith dialogue, they asked the Taoist monk who uh, Taoist priest who is sharing, uh, what about Xiu Zhua burning of in joss paper? Then to my surprise, he said that. That's actually not a Taoist practice. Ah, uh-huh. <laughs> then he said, maybe we ask Venerable Changquan for the Buddhist opinion. <laughs> then I said, wow, many years ago everybody claim it to be this. Now nobody want to claim. <laughs> yeah. So the the practice of Ti Chu Xiang, I don't I doubt if you trace the Tao Te Ching, it, it, it talk about that also. Yeah, so as far as such practices is concerned, if it's not a Buddhist temple, I don't know whether that one is a Buddhist temple. For all you care, it could be a Buddhist temple. Yeah, but uh, some may be Mazo. Mazo strictly speaking not not exactly Buddhist temple. It's a Ming Jian the Iga Sing Yeah. It becomes so confusing which is a Buddhist temple and which is not because some temple have a so-called Buddha statue, uh. others, so it becomes like a so rojak nowadays that it's very hard to say this is Protestant, but in Christianity, this is Catholic, this is da da da. Uh. Yeah, I find it so like if you ask me, if let's say I have a Western friends that define this temple, I would be at a loss. Oh, very simple. You see who sits in the center. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, if it's the Buddha or Bodhisattva sitting in the center, then should be a Buddhist temple. Uh, yeah. So if if the Buddha is surrounded by many other friends, so <laughs> one thing about Buddhists, we are very friendly. We like if you want to sit next to me, can sit. Uh, we are not so selfish. Like I sit here, no one can sit here. Uh, uh, other people cannot come. Huh? Only you ca- come over here. You can only pray to me. So Buddhists are very accommodating. Can yeah, no problem. We are all friends. Yeah. Huh? Uh, you see here. What does it say? Yi fu le sui si nen yu you qing le. So the 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 those spirits and gods. They were, okay, uh, as long as you don't go and teach people to do stupid things, okay, we can be friends, no problem. <coughs> my uncle uh, is a medium, uh-huh. and he has so-called a temple uh, in the HDB, uh-uh. Yes. So when I visited him, trying to understand, the altar has got a whole array of... Yes, Mantian uh, Shen Yes, characters. Yes. There's Buddha, there's got... Uh, 
Wait, wait, what is the question now? again? What, is this your question? Yeah. Oh, okay. I, I, I asked the, the media. What, what is the question? My question. Yeah. Oh, actually, is it personal? I went there with Dr. Jeffrey Pope. Oh, okay. You know him. Yeah, he I know him. He to do a, a talk in oh. Australia. So he, he, the talk is about uh, altered, uh, altered personality or something, uh, about... Our, our Asian medium practices. Oh, so he going to ask permission. So I went there. I took him to my uncle's temple. My uncle is in India. Uh huh. So when the trans the medium started, and I sought permission <coughs> first. Oh. I stake my purpose. Right. And I, I brought Doctor Jeffrey Paul <coughs> his purpose uh -huh. as observer, and if that would be all right. Ah. Uh. So the so-called spirit my uncle's body said it's okay uh. and he explained in, 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 in Mandarin actually that this place has got sun, has got four, has got tao, has uh. got everything so taking the example to okay. our discussion now do I call my uncle's temple a Buddhist temple a Taoist temple or what temple? Taoist temple yeah because the the uh, <coughs> the in the Buddhist tradition we don't do trance, yeah, not so much whether trance is right or wrong, but we, we it's just not inside the practice to do trance. So it's a Tao practice that incorporated Buddhism or Buddha statue, Bodhisattva statue, like Guan Yin. Yes, uh, if they trace the history back enough, then they'll find that the inclusion, of the arising of Kuan Sin Pusa or Kuan Ima coincides with the arrival of Buddhism to China. Prior to that, no Kuan Ima. Then you have to wonder, hey, how, come, how come before that no Kuan Ima? <laughs> it's because, well, you know, the, the Silk Road, you know, the, the exchange and all those things, uh, not brought by Xuanzang Dasi. Xuanzang Dasi went to get uh, the rest of the scriptures because he found that parts of it, you know, doesn't gel. Yeah, doesn't gel. In particular, the Yoga Chara Bhumisastra. So, um, <coughs> you may have heard from, you may have heard from some Indian friends about how the what is that? Uh, Hanukkah. Hanuman or oh, Hanuman, the Indian god, monkey god. Hanuman, ah, the our Qihen Da that story. For all for all the you know generations that we wow, wow this is our unique story, actually from India. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <coughs> advice from when they go into like 
trans. Yes. That is unique to Tibetan Buddhism. Yeah. In fact, that is unique to Tibet. It's not a recognized practice within Buddhist Buddhism. Mm. Yeah, it is not. No, no, no Tibetan monk can can stand up and say that. Oh, that is taught by the Buddha. No. But that is practiced by the Tibetan Buddhists. Yes. Isn't it? Yes. Correct. That it still doesn't make it a Buddhist practice. So I don't know. Eh? That one is maybe Wi-Fi upwards. I'm not so acquainted with the that the traditional practices are battery low uh, over here it says battery low here it says battery low I don't know who's recorder but I don't know whether it's still recording the red color light gone oh. yeah yeah. Like uh, some has got EFA. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Quanti, quanti, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, right? Well, so you must know that in the Chinese culture, uh, we honor anyone who is worthy of honor. And how do we honor someone? We write his name and then put it, write his name on the tablet, put it up there, and then we burn joystick to honor them. <coughs> we do that even for our parents traditionally. It doesn't mean that they are some they have become God or whatever. Right? Uh, but it doesn't mean that they didn't become God also. Who knows, maybe your, our parents they observe eight precepts and become one of the heavenly beings, right? Uh, so traditionally Chinese have this kind of uh, practices. But undeniably Together with this belief and practice is also the belief that they can bless us or they can protect us or look after us. <clears throat> and that's extended to basically anyone who has passed away, seems seemingly. Uh, you will find that a lot of the uh, divinities in the Chinese culture, here when I say Chinese culture, it's strictly Chinese, uh, nothing to do with Buddhism. Uh, it is about those individuals who has shown, it's almost like the person was awarded Purple Heart, you know, yeah, Medal of Valor. Yeah. So like UFA, he's, he's being respected for his <coughs> loyalty to the country. Uh, but of course, there's the political story behind it, uh, that 
the 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 king want the emperor wanted to get rid of him, but then wanted to want to do the dirty job. Then at the same time, the prime minister is too smart, so sabu the prime minister, ask prime minister to go and do it. Then after say that prime minister, wow, poison his mind, so also kill off the prime minister. One bird, two stone, <laughs> both can Then some more, uh, he become the holang. <laughs> wow, then wow. Wei Yue Fei Li Bei, then Qing uh, Kui and, and the, the wife, Li Liang Ge, this is the political side. Uh, but because of that, um, you'll find that there are 101. No? In fact, the day I happened to go and chance upon one article about the Tuazia Pe. Yeah. <clears throat> so someone, some, someone in the past also asked me before, uh, not one person, but a few person asked me, hey, is it true, uh, when we die, we will see Tuazia Pen? So mo- most Chinese would not dare to even answer this question, no, because like, wow, Biakong, it's Biakong. So, Hei Bai Wu Chang, also known as Tuazia Pen, uh, so, <clears throat> if you search online, it turned out that these two person were very good people. They were constable. A lot of our our Chinese uh, the 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 huh, were actually uh, working for the government. Yeah, <laughs> civil servants. Bao Jingtian civil servant. Guan Yu also civil servant. Politician. Yeah, general. These, these two turn out to be constable, the lower lower level. So the the grade they are given, you know, hell warden. <laughs> Sometimes you got to wonder what did they do to become hell warden. Turn out that they were constable, and there was a story about how one of them got uh, went to go after some bandits, and then was in the in the process got captured and then was put into the water to drown. The other one, who is a good friend, went to rescue him and killed, together they killed all the bandits. So they were like respected for their bravery uh, and their righteousness. Yeah. And then after they passed away, they have this belief that, oh, they will go after those who are not righteous. So they have this, uh, this other term that besides the Tuazia Pet, which is Fan Wu Jiu Fan Wu Jiu Then uh, Second name I can't remember What is the second name? Can you remember? Yeah, first name is Fan Wu Jiu So Fan Wu Jiu So the writing is San Dian Sui Fan But actually it sounds like Fan Fan Fa the Fan Wu Jiu So if you Fan Fan Fa If you Fan Fan Sui then the other name I can't remember. Yeah, you all can go and search. I'll give you all a funny homework. Uh, it also has this link that if you are a good person, he will help you. So if you if we really, but unfortunately, to do this today, even today, you must have an interest to go and Google. But once you Google, you can see it all. But if you how to Google? Even after people Google for you, you. You only see the picture of <laughs> the Tuazia bed. You only see that. Oh. 
So there's so much fear in the Chinese culture about everything, no? Everything is about fear. Yeah. The first time I had, I suddenly had a, I always like to tell my sister, hey, I got a revelation. <laughs> I always like to joke about revelation because being a Buddhist, you, you don't really have revelation. You know, revelation is a term that is very Christian, Judeo-Christian. I always joke about, ah, I have a revelation. <laughs> Not from God, <laughs> but... Anyway, so the, 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 the thing here is that what is the thing that came to my mind? You know, this Duazia also has another name, Hei Pai Wu Chang. Mm. So Hei Pai Wu Chang will come and catch you away. And the image is, you know, wearing the tall hat and then one, one painted black and one painted white and then a tongue, super long one, right? Very scary one. So, so I was th- one day I was thinking, eh? Hey, by Wu Chang, the Wu Chang, how do you write it? Then I search, hey, it's really that Wu Chang impermanence, no? So there's a, there's a Buddhist twist to it already. By the time they were given this name, Hey, by Wu Chang, there was probably, it was probably the work of some Buddhist master who was very smart to give it a twist that, not that they come and catch you, but they, it is impermanence personified. That when you die, of course you'll meet Wu Chang, <laughs> It's precisely you meet Wu Chang, then you die. Ma. So if you understand in this way, there's nothing fearful about Tua Jia Pet. Impermanence can come anytime. Tua Jia Pet, Jiang Xing Mai Zai Lai Chui You know? Yeah. So in, in, in our way of, in the Chinese way culture, then it's possible to deify Li Kuan Yu also, right? Well, because he, he fortunately, he insists that no... T- no, no datification of him should be done. Uh. Yeah. But yeah, probably somewhere in China or in some remote villages, there's someone who, some people who already have a shrine of him and then tell him already. And maybe first thing, ask for 4D number. <laughs> then all it takes is one person to strike, that's it. Yeah. Ong. <laughs> yeah. If you ask, oh, new name, Shen. Shenism. 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 Yeah, pantheism, but that is that that is not a pantheism is probably different from the one that you talk about, because pantheism is a known uh, is is a classification like uh, of of how some look at um, like if you if you are an, uh, a theist, then it's a very clear cut. Yeah, theist, then you have monotheist, polytheist, then there's pantheism. Yeah, where they <coughs> they have this overarching view of the whole world. Uh, I think the my those who have this like the the Mayan concept that the whole world consciousness and so on, so, some 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 something in that direction. Yeah, uh, but uh, to sum up, uh, Buddhism. Uh, when Buddhism spread to China, we 
our approach, we don't simply go around eradicating um, everything along the way and just supplant with oh, my label, my way of thinking. Uh, but we merely just share, okay, uh, if you do this, this is the result. Yeah, if you do that, that is the result. Uh, if you have, if you have practices that give rise to more attachment, then you have more suffering. If you want to have less suffering, remove your attachment. So, um, <coughs> Buddhism has been uh, introduced to uh, China for, oh, I think, two thousand years already. Yeah, uh, the heyday was Tang Song Dynasty but it arrived prior to that. So close to 2,000 years, if not 2,000 plus years. So um, Chinese culture has already adopted Buddhism uh, within its fold. Yeah. Uh, today, if you go to a Chinese temple, uh, you may find a lot of different ones inside. Yeah. But in most Ch- Buddhist temples today, you will strictly speaking see only the Buddha's image there and then the Bodhisattvas. Yeah. Uh, however, for historical reasons, there are some Taoist temple that converted into Buddhist temple. Yeah. And it's not as though we, we do it by force and then you know force everybody out. <coughs> I know of at least one, if not a few cases where the medium received instruction from their god to hand it over to a Buddhist to Buddhist monk. Uh, there are such cases. So it's very interesting. It's not as though we, we go and give them legal letter, hand over, you know, or we go and join the committee, then take have a hostile takeover, you know. Yeah, but it is that the God informed the medium. And according to a, a friend of mine he said in Taoist temple very simple. Anything don't argue, ask Kitang Kitang. <laughs> Uh, if the if the kitang liao say give everybody okay, okay, give. So, but for Buddhists, after they give, then out of gratitude towards the the being, we will usually have a side, uh, either a side shrine or behind <coughs> for them. Uh, in a way, it is in line with our teaching. Uh, I mean, you don't need the Buddha to tell you to be grat- to be grateful, isn't it? Yeah, so uh, in various temples you may still find like a side shrine yeah, specifically for the previous owner uh, or behind yeah. uh, so it, we, it, it's not that uh, we are like sitting on the fence but it's more of a gratitude towards the previous occupant you know uh, in case if you pass by you can still come and stay for a night huh? no, no problem yeah, we are still friends <coughs> Uh, in Buddhism, yeah, in Buddhism we don't say that only Buddha is true; the rest all fake. We don't say such a thing. In fact, we recognize that there are different different kind of spirits. Yeah, it's just that we we say <coughs> the spirits can only do that much. If you want to be completely free of suffering to attain enlightenment, uh, that doesn't work. Yeah, and anyway, they don't claim to do it for you. Anyway, they can only help you maybe. Uh, try our luck to maybe or what, yeah. But and and I will tell you, you can you can definitely find enough people who will tell you that they go to the medium, and the the answers are spot on. Yeah, 
uh, in a way, is this doesn't fly in contradiction with the Buddha's teaching. Why? If you ask me about computers, I can tell you very well also about computers. But that knowledge doesn't liberate you. So having extra information doesn't mean that a person is enlightened. No. Okay. <coughs> so we we'll stop here at verse four. Next week we'll come back on verse five onwards. So who do we have to uh. the other chart that you drew? I have a question on the first uh, note before this one? The, yeah, stroke bodhisattva. Uh-huh. So a bodhisattva you said there are ten stages in the Bodhisattva path. Yes. So the person who practice the Bodhisattva path uh-huh. could be at any point in these ten stages. Yeah. For simplicity, can we still call the practitioner a Bodhisattva or must he uh, finish the t- uh, arrive at the tenth path that is a qualified so-called Bodhisattva? Uh, Bodhisattva, actually. Bodhisattva. Yeah. So it's a Bodhisattva and enlightened being prior to the 10th stage? Um, from stage 1 onwards, the, Buddhist, the Bodhisattva is enlightened. Is enlightened. Yeah, considered enlightened already. Yeah, just that he has not completely eradicated all the defilements yet. Yeah. Then what does enlightenment mean? <coughs> uh, in the Bodhisattva path, he is that means have a have a have a look at the truth already, have seen the truth already. Yeah. Is that equivalent to the stage of arahant? No. Yeah. Uh, you must reach seven stage seven before you are equivalent to an arahant. Then stage eight, you have surpassed an arahant. Stage eight, you surpass an arahant. Mm. So that's before stage one. Uh, stage zero. Uh, stage zero. Don't don't look down on it. Uh. Stage zero is someone who has really started on the path. There are those who have not started on the path yet. Then you are not even on the path. <coughs> so, a question about Gautama Buddha. Uh-huh. Gautama Last so question. Is the first Buddha in this era that we know of? Do you think that uh, he's also a Bodhisattva now that he could have, he has chosen to? In the Mahayana teachings, so the question is, is Gautama Buddha uh, now a Bodhisattva? So, um, we, we think of Bodhisattva and Buddhahood as, as something concrete that the person has attained. But in the Mahayana teachings, it's more of describing what the person is doing now. So, <coughs> when Gautama Buddha, now this is strictly from Mahana standpoint, uh, when Gautama Buddha arrives as the prince yeah, in this world, then attain Buddhahood, he is doing the work of a Buddha. So he is known as a Buddha. Then part of the work of the Buddha is to show that complete cessation of suffering is possible. So he also <coughs> shows cessation of suffering. Uh, and enter parinibbana, complete cessation. So once that is done, then what happened to him? Um, in the Mahana tradition, we say that then <coughs> he he don't just disappear from the world. 
Yeah. He according to the text, huh, he's still teaching. In some realms. Somewhere. Yeah. So wherever he is needed and wherever he has the conditions to teach, he will appear there. And for the for those who are at his stage, that means stage ten already, they they are not attached to appearing in different stages. Uh, they are not attached to that. So they may appear just as a, an animal also. Yeah. They may appear as a child, they may appear very stupid. Yeah. Different because different people need different circumstances to urge them, you know. And the Theravada school will how do they regard that? Come again? The Theravada just now you described the Mahayana. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So in the Theravada classical teachings, the Buddha said, don't concern yourself with what happened after that. So they shouldn't concern themselves with what Mahana described after the Dhamma. They should just focus on, because as far as the part attaining, uh, leading to Arahanhood, every, all schools are, are all aligned. We all agree. So which school shall I go to? Huh? So upon hearing your description <coughs> of difference, uh. I'm wondering, so let me introduce you to <coughs> you should go from the first column to the second column okay. <laughs> first column there's suffering second column no suffering as to whether you become a Buddha or an Arahant or Pachika Buddha then it depends on conditions Uh, yeah, aspiration is part of the conditions, and I will tell you, aspirations can aspirations can change. Huh? Uh, if you ask me this question, uh, fifteen years ago, I was dead certain I want to attain arahanthood. Yeah, so maybe fifteen years later it will be different. <laughs> <laughs> It's okay. If now your your mind is, I want to attain arahanthood, good. If you're if you're having this thought, I want to attain by next Wednesday, please do. <laughs> yeah. For me, I there may be some people who will say, why you you know, why you don't you go for Buddhahood? For me, if you can attain arahanthood next Wednesday, please do. Then Thursday. You, before Thursday, you would let me know. Thursday, I'll bow down to you. <laughs> so back to the yeah. of Buddha. Yeah. Is well that has reached stage ten. There's no more defilement completely. Uh, st- stage seven already no more defilement. Eight, nine, ten. It is the uh, cultivation of additional qualities to fulfill that of a Buddha. So a Buddha has more qualities than an Arahant, just as a lifeguard has more qualities than a swimmer. So the Buddha is the max already. As far as we are concerned, as far as yeah, Yaman. So a Bodhisattva will have ten stages before he hit the ultimate Buddha stage. Yes. And an Arahant is only at the seventh. Yes. And Pachika Buddha, what stage? Uh, equivalent to stage seven also. also. Yeah, uh, can be said eight la, more like eight. 
Yeah, but uh, according to our Tamsaka Sutra, stage eight exceeds these two. Stage eight would exceed both Pachika Buddha and Arhan. Yeah. So rightly speaking, it should be equivalent to stage seven. <coughs> but let me double check on that. <laughs> yeah. Confirm exceed Arhan. Yeah, of course. It's like if you want to learn how to swim, then in case of ship sink, right, <laughs> then at least you can swim. Uh. Of course, it's easier to do that. But if you go out with your family and your family don't didn't learn properly how to swim, then you are concerned that they drown. Then you may want to, and you happen to already know how to swim. Then you spend three more days to learn how to do life lifeguard. Then at least if your mother or your friend don't know how to swim, then you well, right? Ah, uh. <laughs> okay. Yen xiao san san zu fan la. Yen de zhi hui zhen ming liao. Pu yen zui zhang xi xiao chu. 时时常行菩萨道，时时常行菩萨道，阿弥陀佛，起立。<咳><咳>